Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. So lots of people are all up in their feels this week about an event that happened last Friday. Um, Last Friday, there was a mass going on at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Columbus over on Gay Street. Yep. A mass that happens every single year mm-hmm. around the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. The Catholic Diocese of Columbus decides to continue to put an emphasis on their anti-abortion views and their anti-abortion extremism. And they gather people together to pray against the bodily autonomy and freedom of choice of other people in this region. Um, And they did it again, only this time something different happened. Yeah, Um, so there was a group of protesters um, who came in during their mass and disrupted it and made themselves known and... um, you know, called them out on preaching hate and uh, the way that they're preaching against um, bodily autonomy. So that happened on Friday. And then, you know, they they, they thought that was over. And then on Sunday, um, just like how the, the Catholic people come to the clinics and stand outside and harass people um, who are just there to get health care, uh, there were protesters outside of the church, uh, giving them a taste of their own medicine. And and just to be clear, you know, this is the cathedral church for the Diocese of Columbus. This is where Bishop Brennan, the leader of Catholics in the diocese, um, has has his uh, cathedra. That's that's where he sits as bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really the center of Catholic life in this region. And these protests don't come just at a random time. It comes, you know, as the diocese joins Catholics across the nation in specifically targeting abortion clinics, abortion providers, and pro-choice folks across uh, the whole United States with the Nine Days for Life novena and other promotional uh, materials surrounding programs of clinic harassment. You know, mm-hmm. um, we saw protesters at every single clinic this weekend in the state in much larger number than they usually are. I mean, there's usually, you know, between five and 20 at any given uh, time. There were 50, 60, um, you know, protesters at just about every clinic in our state. I know there were larger numbers at some point at preterm in Cleveland and, you know, Capital Care in Toledo always has a, a large group because they have a convenient place across the street for people to gather and scream their um, Christianity-laced hate at, at folks. But, you know, these these protesters came in and disrupted a church and I'm getting all kinds of calls from clergy friends of mine who are like, oh, did you see this? And it's like, well, of course I saw it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I knew every person who was there because, mm-hmm. you know, they're all people who uh, I deeply value and respect and who are just, frankly, my heroes in life. I mean, they're they're great advocates for abortion access. And, 
you know, the diocese issued a statement saying, uh, in part, that uh, they are they are just really uh, glad for the response of law enforcement. We saw, of course, law enforcement uh, laid hands on several of the protesters and threw them physically out yep. of the church. Um, you know, and then the bishop says, uh, you know, that he continues to pray, uh, particularly for those who cannot understand our divine and steadfast calling to champion this cause. And, you know, it, it just makes me so angry that you have religious people who are still hiding behind the divine mm-hmm. to wrap their bigotry up in, because at the end of the day, these folk at this church promote individuals harassing people at their health clinic, the place where they go for health care. There are Catholics who are spurred on by Bishop Brennan and by this hateful rhetoric from, you know, mass after mass after mass over the last 48 years um, who show up outside these clinics, who yell and scream hateful obscenities at these people, who pray at them as if prayer and a rosary are, are weapons. Um, and that kind of environment leads to additional violence like we saw this weekend. We saw this weekend, you know, property damage to Capital Care Clinic in Toledo, where a large chunk of concrete was thrown through one of their windows. We saw in Nashville over the weekend, a shotgun blast blew down a door mm-hmm. at their clinic. Um, you know, you, you start seeing these kinds of increased uh, violent attacks at the same time each year that Catholics, through their church and through their giving financially, are supporting this kind of violence in places like Columbus, through the Diocese of Columbus and by Bishop Brennan. Um, and it's it's really disturbing because it's not an essential tenet of the Catholic faith that you should be hatefully praying outside of abortion clinics and stigmatizing people who receive abortions. Um, you know, the, these people um, who engage this protest, I'm sure, um, want every person in that church to have the freedom to choose whatever they choose mm-hmm. on their own, you know? Um, but we, we got a lot of heartburn, a lot of people having a lot of feels about this this week. Um, and you know, I, I'm interested to know Kelly, how, how you're feeling <laughs> about this, this, uh, this situation. Yeah. Um, there are lots of feelings for one, uh, it is, okay, it is January 25th, 2021, and we are still in the midst of a p- pandemic. People are still getting sick. People still are getting uh, sick with the coronavirus, and yet we still have people getting hands laid on them. Um, I've seen some of the videos of the um, protests and the fact that uh, a lot of the anti-abortion protesters weren't wearing masks at the state house um, later on, and... It's like we forget. It's like we forget. And then you saying that there were 50, 50 people meeting to protest against healthcare in the middle of a pandemic is just angering to me. I'm raging. Um, but one thing in particular um, that I am raging about is 
uh, one of my friends I, I saw on Twitter uh, posted, you know, a, a picture, or actually I think it was a, a video of the Columbus Dispatch um, article about the protests at the church on Friday. And in the, like, the video or screenshot or whatever it was, um, it said uh, anti-abortion mass uh, disrupted by protesters. And I was like, great, they said it, they said it, it's anti-abortion, that's what this is. And then... That really surprises me. In the dispatch? Yeah, in the dispatch. It definitely said that. And then, wow. if you click on the link in the same in the same tweet, I clicked on the link, and then they changed their title to Respect Life Mass Disrupted by Protesters. Now, that, that's not the Shut same Shut up! So they changed the title! Yeah. Well, what, what what went to print? Did you see what went to print? I did. Oh, not I've got to keep keep talking. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get on I'm gonna get on my Columbus Dispatch subscription and see what went to print. Go. I, yeah, this but, is fascinating um, to me. And then as well, if you look in the article, uh, the only people who are quoted in the article is Bishop Brennan. From the Columbus Diocese. And there's no, you know, conversation from the protesters. Although, in the in the very, like, videos of uh, this protest, I've heard the, the anti-abortion people saying, we know who you are. Well, if they knew who they, who they were, why weren't they talked to about this article? Why weren't, why wasn't the other side heard in this example? This is so now the article that um, is currently on the Columbus Dispatch is completely from a Catholic point of view, um, and not not a Catholic point of view, but a anti-abortion, <laughs> oppressive Catholic point of view, because there is a difference. Well, it's it's from it's from the institutional Catholic point of view because yeah. we know that Catholics, particularly in our region, you know, here in in Columbus, Catholics are not anti-abortion. <laughs> faithful catholics um in in so many different places work to make sure that abortion access is preserved i mean we we work with catholics all the time mm-hmm. um here at ohio rcrc it, you know while the hierarchy and the system of the church is in invested deeply in subjugating the rights of people to make their own healthcare decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, the vast majority of Catholics do not buy into that, that rhetoric. And, you know, it, it really is the business end of the multinational conglomerate um, character of, of that, that church system that decrees a certain politic and policy above what the people of the church might espouse. And I, you know, what I found so fascinating, you know, looking through some of the pictures of, of what happened on Friday on the 22nd of January was that you had quite a few people in that mass that it was very clear um, the presence of those protesters made them really uncomfortable, made them unsettled. And, you know, as a pastor who has had my uh, church services disrupted on multiple occasions, um, at least two dozen times. Um, I can tell you it is a, a disquieting thing when you are in 
um, worship to have that kind of presence come into that space. Um, and I always, I find it very interesting to see because, you know, literally every time that my worship service has been interrupted, um, has been in relation to our church's position on same-sex marriage. Uh, because there are quite a few people in our region who don't think we should be doing same-sex marriages. And I, you know, I consistently have at least one wedding a year that has some set of protesters outside yelling and hollering and doing their thing. And, you know, and, you know, I, I when I first heard about this happening, I thought, oh, you know, that it felt so similar in its interaction. But it took me a little while to really think through, now, wait a minute. When somebody comes to my church to protest a same-sex wedding, they're coming to my church to tell people in my church that they shouldn't be allowed to practice their religion in the way that they see fit. The folk who showed up on Friday at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Columbus were there to tell the people inside that church that the people in that church on Friday should not expect to pray in peace on Friday after they have brought chaos to a clinic on Thursday. Yep. Because the issue in that system is that the people inside that church on Friday had been out on Thursday and Wednesday and Tuesday and days far preceding that event, pushing their religion onto other people's bodies. Mm -hmm. So it's a big, big difference, even though it might look similar. Yeah. Not all protests are the same, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. And it's 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 one thing to to put your supremacy over other people and quite another thing to reject someone's supremacy and say you're not going to take my rights away um yeah it's just i i would love to hear more uh i've about uh your experiences uh not or having people protest at your church and how that uh affects the way that you see this protest at this church because I actually didn't know that um that you've had protests at your church and um I have never experienced a protest at a church that I've worked at nor attended so yeah so so yeah you know most of most of the protests that I have experienced at me um, when I, when I'm in, you know, the setting as a pastor have been at weddings, yeah. um, you know, same sex marriage only became legal a few years ago. We did the first same sex marriage here in, uh, Ross County down here in Chillicothe. Um, surprise, surprise, uh, same sex marriage is not terribly popular among many people in our region. It tends to be a very socially conservative region. Um, and there were quite a few churches in, in the area who did not like the idea that we as a church were doing this at all. Um, we had people show up at several of the weddings outside with giant signs. Um, we had people send threatening mail and information not only to us but to couples that were married at our church. And, uh, you know, I had uh, one fellow decide to interrupt a a wedding that we had, you know, at the church. And he got up in the middle of, you know, the vows and started screaming. And, you know, we had to have a couple of, of people from the, the wedding party escort him outside, you know. 
Um, we we have not since I have been at my parish. We have not called the police um, to wow. remove someone from uh, from a wow. service. Um, we we have we have contacted uh, law enforcement for things like threats or mm-hmm. suspicious packages or things like that. But it's you know we're we're pretty good at de escalation, being you know. <laughs> being liberal Protestants who like to argue about lots of things, right? But I think for me, what is so frustrating is that I take uh, disruption in a worship service as uh, a moving of the Spirit. I, you know, as as a Christian, I believe that the Holy Spirit is, is moving among us. I believe that uh, wisdom is here for all of us to partake in. And I believe that even a protester who is absolutely diametrically opposed to my uh, theology and maybe even to my health and safety, is still made in the image of God. So reconciling that in the midst of trying to keep other people safe is is typically where I come down. And I have to admit, you know, I did feel a, a bit of empathy for the folk at the cathedral because I think there there was some concern about are these people here for violence, you know, violence to people? And that changed as, as they began to engage the protest because they, it was, they were very loud, there were signs, there was a lot of yelling, but there was no violence, mm-hmm. right? And it was clear that these people, you know, after a few moments, these people were here to impart a level of anxiety a level of tension that is productive. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. talks to us about the productive level of tension that must be present before change can happen, right? And his whole his whole uh, impetus as an activist was to ratchet that tension up. And I feel like for me, when I am involved in a worship service and somebody decides to interrupt that service, my tension is ratcheted. Right. And it and it moves me to a response. And I feel like these protests are having the kind of effect that is desired. That is, it is ratcheting up attention to elicit a response because there is a situation of injustice present where these people feel that it is appropriate to financially and theologically support actions that are getting people killed, right? We we have to remember, like, you know, George Tiller got shot because of the rhetoric that these people are pushing, mm-hmm. right? People have bombed clinics because mm-hmm. of the rhetoric that people like Bishop Brennan and the, the mass every year is pushing that mm-hmm. false narrative about abortion and health care. And the idea that somehow some people shouldn't be allowed to make their choices. That's the battle that's being waged here, right? It is not somebody's theological opinion about, you know, abortion. The theological opinion about abortion should govern your own behavior, not how you stand and scream and yell at other people as they're trying to get into a clinic. Mm-hmm. I think I think like a, a key mm-hmm. difference um, for one I think the the um, protests that the Catholic people have 
um, done at clinics are a very key like context point that needs to be understood when looking at um, the protests that happened at the Catholic Church on Friday and Sunday because that that direct like um, juxtaposition of they protested they protested at our clinics they threw things through our clinic windows um, so like we're about to protest there too I think that is a key context and also um, I think that one thing that is an important difference between the protests that the um, anti-abortion Catholics did and the protests that the pro-abortion people did at the mass um, is this uh, the the idea of if is violence going to happen you know um, I also like I think this is something that I've been just like thinking about lately is the um, the difference between like violent protests and peaceful protests and how I think that there is just some fundamental understanding that some people don't have about what peaceful protest looks like because peaceful protests like when you think of the word peace right you think of like quiet you think of like tranquility you think of like not fighting <laughs> uh but then <laughs> a peaceful protest is not is not quiet is not it like a peaceful protest disrupts because it is a protest but the thing yes. is it's not violent yes and i think when thinking about uh especially law enforcement and the way that law enforcement was brought in um during these um protests this weekend i think that there can be a fundamental like misunderstanding of like what a peaceful protest looks like because when people are complaining about these people are protesting well they're uh enacting their right to protest their right to free speech the same right, right. that you are using at right. clinics to harass people as they get yes. health care the same amen the same exact right and amen yeah and like, these and these folk many of these folk in in the the friday protest in particular were clinic escorts uh -huh. they are the people who literally stand between angry violent religious extremists who scream and holler and and you know pray their way into uh, this this violent posture, mm -hmm. standing between those people and people receiving care at clinics. Mm -hmm. I you know and and you mentioned you mentioned the struggle that some some folk have around, um, you know, the peaceful demonstration versus the not-so-peaceful demonstration, the loud demonstration, the uncomfortable demonstration. I, I just, I just want to bring us back for a moment to Martin Luther King Jr., right? The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., because he was first a pastor mm -hmm. and then a doctor, and uh, then we canonized him uh, into this kind of cultural sainthood where we only quote the nice things about him once a year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm here to tell you, in his letter from Birmingham jail, you know, Brother brother Martin had these words to share. Uh, he, he had been engaged in direct action protests in Birmingham. He had really caused a lot of trouble in Birmingham. And folk were ready to see him go. They were ready to see him leave. They jailed him and they hoped that that would silence him. And these were the words that he shared. He said, you deplore 
the demonstrations taking place in Birmingham, but your statement, I am sorry to say, fails to express a similar concern for the conditions that brought about the demonstrations. I'm sure that none of you would want to rest with superficial kind of social analysis that deals merely with effects and does not grapple with underlying causes. It is unfortunate that the demonstrations are taking place in Birmingham, but it is even more unfortunate that the city's white power structure left the Negro community with no alternative. I, I would just reformat that last sentence for this situation. It is unfortunate that demonstrations are taking place at St. Joseph's Cathedral. But it is even more unfortunate that the Columbus Diocese white power structure has left people who are seeking reproductive care with no alternative. That is where the theological grounding of this process is. And I hope, I hope we continue to see that pressure ratcheted up. Mm -hmm. I hope Bishop Brennan is moved to appeal to his people to stop the harassment of clinics and to come out as the Catholic Church and say, no, we belong in our churches, not outside of health care centers. Mm -hmm. We belong in our churches, not in the faces of people trying to exercise their fundamental constitutional right to privacy in health care. And, you know, I, I, I can only hope that the bishop sees that before this continues to get even louder, even more involved, even more engaged, because I'm telling you, it ain't going away. Yeah, no, especially mm -hmm. knowing the, the passion and the fervor of our clinic escorts who are out there, you know, taking care of people who are just trying to act access health care i know that they're not going to you know stop yelling until until something is done and so uh we can only hope for the best and uh until then i mean we're gonna keep yelling and keep causing a stink because people need to be uncomfortable for change to happen so yeah that is right yeah so uh we are just about at time so it's been uh, great talking to you, Terry, and thank you for your, your knowledge and your experience um, with this issue. And it's great to be back. I just got to say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, see you guys in two weeks. And, you know, keep, keep causing a stink out there. Amen. Amen. Remember, you can always check out previous editions of Our Soul on our website at ohiorcrc.org forward slash podcast. And while you're there, feel free to look around at all the other super cool content we have to offer to help you faithfully speak out for abortion access and reproductive freedom all across Ohio.